yo. Hello. I just smacked myself. <laughs> All right. Welcome back. Welcome to Creepy Cuties. Or welcome for the first time if you're new. You may want to listen to the mm-hmm. other episodes first. There's a couple of good ones. A couple. Although I don't think we have anything that's like parters at this moment, so I think we're good. No, there's no series yet. Yeah, we don't have any parts. No. One day. Or we'll like there. two, then there's no two parts. We just kind of had longer episodes. Yeah, we just blab. <laughs> You're just going to put that in Discord now? <laughs> Probably. I'm just slowly change out all the sound effects every episode. It'd just be random ass noise. We're just gonna have an episode of just random ass noises because we're just trying to make soundboard things. Mm-hmm. I would love to get like a little uh, controller that just is able to clip any audio from anywhere because I, I know they exist. Can't you do that on your Steam Deck? I can't get that audio thing to work. Mm. The, there's, there's like an I know audio there, app. Yeah, I know there are things that you can clip. But that's the only one that, like, will not behave. Anytime I try mm-hmm. to open it, it brings me to the website, and it's like, hey, download this app. And I do. And then I open the app, and I run the app, and I set it up. And then I go to use it, and it's like, open the app. And I'm like, it is. Mm. The button should work now. Well, if anyone out there knows how to use a Steam Deck. <laughs> there we go. Oh. Stream Deck, also. Stream Deck, not Steam not Deck. Steam. Steam Deck is a thing. It's not like I'm making up a place. It's like a... It's a game thing. The game pad. So, uh, today I will start us off with The Legend of the Bell Witch. Have you ever heard The Bell Witch? I feel like I have, but I don't... Is that the Game Over Witch? No. No, that's about Elizabeth Bathory. We covered that that a while back. That's a different witch. Oh, oh. I'm connecting dots that should not be connected. I, I'm pretty sure we. I forgot the name of the movie that that she was in. Like it was a witch based off of her, but whatever. It, I, yeah, no, that that was like episode one <laughs> or something. I yeah, think. yeah. I think I started out with Bloody Mary. Yes, something like that. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, no. So the blood, uh, Legend of the Bell Witch. It's a bit of an interesting one. Uh, it's labeled an urban legend, but I really don't know how much of an urban legend it, as it is just a ghost story. Okay. If it's even a ghost. But, and it takes place in the southern part of the United States. So in Robertson County, Tennessee, in the 19th century, there lived a family. The Bell family. So it will revolve a bit about the Bell family, obviously. Which is how she gets her name, the Bell Witch. So the family is a farmer named John Bell Sr. He didn't start out as a senior, but he became a senior, obviously. Um, he lived there with his family... Hopefully. Well, he, he did. I'll go into the family in a little bit. But um, according to the legend, from 1817 to 1821, the family was terrorized by the entity. In the stories of the Bell Witch, the, uh, they were very widespread. Like the general public became interested in and would come investigate. Uh, it even drew the attention of, at the time, the future president, Andrew Jackson. Obviously, he is now the past president, Andrew Jackson. But at the time, he wasn't yet the president. Mm-hmm. Um, so he explored a bit of the tales. Apparently, this entity was rarely ever seen, but would speak to them. So they very rarely ever saw her, but they would hear her. Or hear the things she did. Or feel the things she did. She affected the physical environment around them. And apparently, some said she even shapeshifted. Which contradicts how everyone says they never saw her. Someone saw her, I'm guessing, if they if she shapeshifted. Or it, it, there's a little bit on it. Or they didn't know that they saw her. Yeah. And just assumed maybe There's a later. little bit into it. This is starting to sound familiar? Maybe. it's. I'm pretty sure podcasts have done it, if not YouTube videos. But um, there were a couple, like, sightings of her. But they weren't a person. Probably. If that makes sense. They're just people. They think the spirit, like, manifested as something else. Okay. So, what people on record apparently were saying happened is the entity would be clairvoyant and know things about people, like, be able to, like, tell them tell them the future or, like, just tell them things. Uh, she would be able to travel long distances at hu- superhuman speed or 
possibly also be in one place at one place more than one place at the same time ah okay so in in 1894, there was a newspaper editor named Martin V. Ingram who actually published The Authenticated History of the Bell Witch, which is a book that is known as the first full-length record of the legend, which is then again where it comes in as an urban legend, which I'm not, I really don't see this as an urban legend as I was reading about it, because it just sounds like a spooky, spooky story. Yeah, it feels more like um, Blair Witch and... Yeah. So maybe yeah, the, because the tale itself is the urban From what I've part. read, there is no like concrete evidence of her existing. It's just all hearsay, people claiming this was the witch kind of things. It was never like this thing happened and it was her. They're just claiming it was her. Gotcha. It's a bit rude. A little bit. So we can start out with, actually it did come up that people did call this guy's uh, tale. A uh, modern-day skeptic would call his work fiction or fraud, while others would consider it folklore from the 19th century. So we can begin with, who is the Bell Witch? There was never a definitive name given to the witch, but many believed it to be a poltergeist of a woman named Kate Bates. So the old Kate Bates Witch was an entity uh, believed to be the former neighbor of John Bell, who was cheated out of land through a land purchase that the, I guess the land he lived on, I'm, he lived on a farm, so he had a big thing of land. So I'm guessing he probably purchased the land and stole some from this Kate Bates. But um, I'm not sure if there's ever like solid evidence of Kate Bates existing because I didn't see anything else on her other than she was the Kate Bates witch. Huh. Or she was the name that was given to the Bell Witch. Okay. I didn't see really any history on her and how she related to the Bells. Uh, She would mainly focus on the father, John, and his youngest daughter, not the youngest child, but youngest daughter, Betsy Elizabeth. So she was known as Betsy, though. And later she would um, also do a little bit of tormenting to Betsy's fiance, Joshua Gardner. So I tried to do Mm -hmm. math. Mm-hmm. You know this. Okay, so I tried to do a little math to try and figure out, like, TAM-wise and age and all this. Uh, I could, I'm bad at math, so we're just going to give a little background on the family. We have John Bell, who was born in Halifax County, North Carolina, in 1750, which at the time of the haunting would make him about 74 to 71 in that time frame, depending on when his birthday and all that nonsense happened. Okay. I didn't see exact dates or anything so i don't know exactly like when the haunting began in 1817 versus when it ended in 19 19 18 1821 well it's not like time was terrible yeah it's not like time was terribly accurate back then in any way yeah no they didn't really document stuff back then a lot of it was oral Mm -hmm. so he married lucy williams in 1782 so he was about the age of 32 when he married, but I could not find when his wife was born, so I have no idea how old she is. I really hope this isn't a creepy thing. Probably not old enough. Probably. Wife Lucy Williams, who he married in 1782, but I couldn't find her, her age because I couldn't find her date of birth. Um, by 1804, the couple had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven eight children well damn so 22 years later after they were married after they were married so 22 years span in there they had jesse john jr drewy benjamin esther zadok elizabeth who is betsy richard and Zadok came out of nowhere I don't know who the frick's naming these kids though i mean most of them sounded fairly normal and then zadok just came out of left field Drury, well, Esther was an old-fashioned name. I've never heard the name Drury. Like, it's spelled D-R-E-W-R-Y. Like, I've heard Drew. Drury Lane. Never heard that as a name for a person, though. Yeah, but it's still a thing. Maddox sounds like it's, um... We're not going to see the Muffin Man! Maddox sounds like it's from, what was that show, Phil from the Future? Zadok. Zadok. Oh, Maddox is a normal name. Never mind. 
Maddock is in a lot of our books. I've seen that name many a times in my <laughs> my dirty books. <laughs> That's a very common name, but um, yeah. So the youngest was born in 1804. Wait, what? I can't math. We're going to skip all that because I apparently don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, by the time the haunting mm. begins, their ages range from 13 to 35. So um, more on the family. Benjamin, which was the third child, actually died at a young age, so he was not around for the haunting. Zadok had become a lawyer and moved to Mississippi, where he died young. It was not confirmed if he was around during the time of the haunting. Esther had actually married Bennett Porter in 1817, so she left around the time of the haunting. So I don't know if she actually witnessed any of this or if she had already left the house by the time it started. Okay. Um, Jesse married Martha Gunn and later moved to Mississippi. There was no mention of him again, so I don't know when he married Martha Gunn or when he moved. Drury never... Ended up married, and he owned a farm on the north side of the Red River, which is around the area that the uh, Bell Farm was. So mm-hmm. they, he, he didn't go very far. Mm-hmm. And then Betsy, who was around, obviously, at this time, because she was one of the members tormented by the spirit. She was supposed to later marry Richard Powell and move to Mississippi, but that did not happen. Uh, Richard, which was one of the, I think, younger sons. Where's my list of names? Yeah, he was one of the younger sons, married three times to Sally Gunn, Susan Gunn, and finally Eliza Ordoff. So that is three people from the Gunn family, and all of them had a reverend daddy. So oh, fun. The Gunn's got around. Mm-hmm. The Gunn's got around. <laughs> uh, Joel married twice, but no names was given to for his wife, and uh, he ended up moving to Springfield. The only reason I really mentioned how some of these other ones that moved away is because members of the Bell family are actually still alive and around in the Tennessee and Southern states. So there are people in this family. So it's not like this family's made up. So when I say this sounds like a ghost story, I'm not saying it's a made up ghost story. Yeah, the people are real. It's more like, I guess that's where an urban legend would come in. The experiences. Yeah. I guess that's where it becomes an urban legend is because there are people actually telling this tale. So after Mm -hmm. we looked at the family, we can go back into the Bell Witch and how she terrorized the family. So... Mm -hmm. Around 1817, the hauntings began when John Bell Sr. witnessed an apparition of a strange dog creature. He had fired at the dog, but when he fired, it disappeared. And not in a it ran away sense, it vanished. So, poof. Like, poof. Gone. Poof. John's son, Drew, had claimed he'd seen a strange bird perched on the fence, but then it flew off. But he said when it flew off, it was an extraordinary size. So I don't know if that meant when it flew away, it grew in size or he just didn't notice how big it was when it was sitting there. So I don't know how distance wise he was from this bird. Right. Betsy. That could be possible with like an eagle or a hawk. I know. They, they look smaller till you see their wings and they're like, woohoo. They go to take off and you're like, hot damn. <laughs> yeah. That's so strange. then you have Betsy. She claimed that she saw a little girl in a green dress swinging from the limbs of an oak tree on the property. And then a slave that the Bell family had, uh, I don't want to say owned because that sounds horrible, but they owned a slave. Um, The slave's name was Drew. He also claimed to see that big, large black dog that was walking around on the evenings when he would go to visit his wife. So that is at least five people. No, four people. Four people who have made claims to see these apparitions. So this okay. is when I, where I came and said, like, um, they said it was a shapeshifter. But the, I don't know if anyone actually saw, like, a being turn into something. Or they're just all saying this ap- these different apparitions or different sightings are all one thing. They're probably giving, like, a personality to the creatures that they're seeing. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I think it's anthropomorphic. 
anthropomorphizing things that don't actually have any meaning. Yeah, let's go with that word because I'm not going to attempt to pronounce it. <laughs> it's it's basically like when you give your couch a personality. Oh. Or like making animals. Um, Eddie, how do you feel about this? But like treating Eddie. Eddie is my child, basically. Yeah, treating Eddie like a child. You, you're. He is a toddler. Yeah. Who can we kid? He is a 13 year old toddler. A toddler. I think he's 13. Are you 13? <laughs> math. I'm not good at math. He's not 13. Not yet. Where was I? I don't even remember. Let's see. Yes, no. Okay. So, in the Bell House, there was also um, claims claims of het that they would hear knocking. I can't read. I typed everything wrong. Because I just wrote, uh, they would head knocking. And I was like, head knocking? What's that? They would hear knocking (laughs) on the walls and doors. They would claim there would be gnawing on their beds. There would be invisible dog fights. So they would hear the dogs fighting but never see the dogs. They would hear the uh, sounds of chains on the floor. John Bell claimed he would experience paralysis of his mouth. The children would claim that their sheets would be pulled from their beds. Their hair was pulled and the children were scratched. But Betsy would um, seem to get the brunt of the attacks as she claimed she would be slapped, pinched, and stuck with pins. Lovely. So the family then turned to one of their. F- it's only mildly terrifying. I know the the family would then turn to one of their friends, James Johnston. Uh, Johnston would come and spend the night at the Bell household once. Well, maybe more than once. But when he slept there, he was actually awakened by the same phenomena. So he would also hear the noises and feel the the pear pulling and the scratching. He um. So when he woke up, he went to John and said, this is a spirit, just like in the Bible. Although I'm not sure what spirits he's talking about, because the only damn spirit I remember in that book was the one that told a teenage girl she was pregnant. Probably. That's the only one I can remember. But I also have not read the Bible since, uh... I know. I never read the whole thing. I don't, I don't know. I don't even remember the last time I t- read the Bible, actually. I never... I tried when I was little. We used to get assigned, like, passages and stuff to read, and I don't think I ever... I was bad at reading homework. Same, but I think I just refused to read it because I was like, there's just too much here. And we're going to hear it in the there's class anyway. It's also not worded. It's like trying to read Huckleberry Finn. It's not worded well. So, like, it's not easy to read. Because it's been translated, like, 50 million freaking times. But they probably did that on purpose. Mistranslated at that. Right. But they also probably did it to be confusing and then you have to listen to somebody else teach you how to read the book Probably. because you can't read it on your own. But then why would, if you could read it on your own, why would you have to go to the group class to read it together? It's a cult, like most religions. Sorry if that offends you, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Most religions fall into what is defined a cult. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. If you look at the bare bones. Anyway, as the word of the spirit grew, people would come and see the witch, or they would try to at least. Uh, it would be claimed that the apparition, when people started to come see her, wouldn't be seen, but she would start to speak. So people would ask her, who are you and what do you want? And the voice would reply, I am a spirit. I was once happy, but I have been disturbed. She would give a variety of reasons for why she was, um, why she would appear, why she would come by, why she was disturbed. One of the reasons apparently tied back to a Native American burial mound that was located on the property that the Bell family occupied. Which then brings me a little bit of thought back to when they claimed that um, it was this Bell witch was Kate Bates, who was a neighbor. I don't think Kate Bates was a Native American, so why would she be tied to a Native American burial mound? Anyway, the Spectre had even sent Drew Bell and Bennett Porter off on a treasure hunt. There was no treasure, though. So the spirit may have also been a bit of a trickster, so who knows if anything the spirit had ever claimed was true. It could have just been leading everyone on. Tales of the spirit speaking in full conversations would come up, and people would even claim that the spirit was in two places at the same time, giving a word-for-word sermon 13 miles apart at the same time, which is when where it comes in that either the spirit moved at lightning speed or 
would be in two places at once. So she appeared to know the Bible. She loved religious arguments and even came to love the gossip of the area. So she would apparently spread gossip about the townsfolk. So John Johnston, who is the son of James, also came by to try and test the witch. So he thought of something that no one outside of his family would know. He asked Kate, the spirit, what his Dutch step-grandmother in North Carolina would say to the slaves when she thought they did something wrong. And then the spirit replied in his grandmother's accent, Hut tut, what has happened now? I did not see anything, um, if it was true, like I didn't see anything saying that, oh yeah, James, or not James, John confirmed that this was true. Another person who came by was an Englishman who he wanted to test the spirit. So he asked questions about his parents who lived overseas in England. The spirit would then reply while mimicking his parents in an English accent. Um, the next morning after the test, the Englishman had woken up because I guess he slept there. He woke up to the spirit talking to him again in his parents' voice in a weary, worried tone of them saying that they could hear his voice. He promptly returned home and wrote to the Bell family that the entity has indeed visited his family and he apologized for any skepticism. I'm always fascinated by the old-timey spirit stories where they just have, they seemingly have like a train of people that come to visit. And they're always like, yeah, this guy and then this guy and then this guy all came by to piss off yeah. the spirit and make it worse for us. Yeah, because mind you all that it's happening, the family's still being tormented and stuff. Because the haunt, yeah, they still live there. The haunting went on for how many years was it? Seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty, four years. Quite a while, from what I remember. Um, I forgot where I was. Okay, uh, so the spirits seemed to torment Betsy. That seemed to torment Betsy, I should say. Actually, did show some kindness. She was very infatuated with the mother, Lucy. So when she was with Lucy, she would apparently give her fresh fruit and sing hymns. She would show John Bell Jr. respect even. Uh, while Senior, who she called Old Jack, she would threaten and actually tell him of his intent for her to kill him in, uh, in the ways of sending him curses, threats, and uh, affiliation. Affiliation? Affiliation? So like affliction. Oh, I was gonna say it was like anti-affliction. I was trying to figure out what word I meant to type because I'm like that that word spelled wrong because that is not how you spell any of those words. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, her threats seem to come true because John Bell Senior did die from a mysterious poisoning, and they never did find out how or why. Mm. So many believe that this was the witch's doing. Fun. She would interrupt the mourners at the time of his death, too, by singing drinking melodies. So, I guess, she, for some reason, she really did not like him. Was he an alcoholic? I have no idea. I think from what I remember, the guy wasn't great. Like, he was kind of abusive. Perhaps. I didn't see much on him, but I also only read little bits right. on her. So, I mainly just got the witch's tell. I didn't get much on the, the family beyond what I read before. Yeah, I seem to remember something about the family... And there was theories that you're good. Theories that the the mother or Betsy was actually causing some of the havoc. I believe it. So I don't know why she didn't like her uh, daughter. If it was the mother, or why the daughter would go through all this, because um, from all the craziness that did happen, because uh, her fiance Joshua Gardner also got some of this, he decided to call off the engagement. Joshua Gardner broke off the engagement around the time that the hauntings ended in 1821. Uh, The entity actually told the family that she would leave, but return in seven years. When she did return, Lucy, Richard, and Joel, who were still at the home, did receive the same torment, but they chose not to encourage the behavior by not acknowledging it or not acknowledging the witch. And the witch seemed to leave again. She must have got bored because no one was giving her the attention like uh, the others did. She wasn't getting visitors. Right. So there was a a few accounts that I read that said that Andrew Jackson, who at the time was not president, mind you, was also very intrigued by the stories. And he would send his men to go investigate. But they would come back. They would be scared away by the witch and come back. 
So oral renditions of the Bell Witch, though, also claims that uh, she was the unpleasant overseer in the murder of John Bell in North Carolina. It did not directly tie her to being the murderer, but something, something ties her into the death. Right. There was a few other things. One that made no sense to me because it started talking about uh, someone who had nothing to do with the story. I was very confused. Uh, some claim that the Bell Witch was actually just a great scapegoat. Um, every circumstances uh, attributed to the witch uh, ended up being nothing, while others say that the man claiming to be the witch was actually a Wayland and murdered two men. So I guess the in that one, it, the witch wasn't even a witch. It was some random dude. Um, Just some guy. Yeah. So there is actually a historic Bell Witch Cave, which does uh, hold some of the original Ooh. Bell Cabin, such as the Chimney Stone, an Iron Kettle. You can see items along with news articles, photos, and other artifacts, artifacts, artifacts from the time period from which John Bell and his family resided at the cabin. You can tour what is a reconstructed John Bell Cabin. So the actual building is not still there; they reconstructed it. Uh, it's apparently a 40-minute 40, 40 drive from Nashville. It is includes in a, located in a secluded area in Adams, Tennessee. There is a little bit more where it says that the witch had a dislike for the family's slaves and would torment and torment them ruthlessly, beating them and refusing them in, uh, refused to allow them into the home. Oh, that's lovely. That's where then a, um, one of the slaves did state that he encountered the witch several times. And it would appear frequently as a large black dog or wolves, sometimes with two heads, sometimes with no head. I don't know what's more terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd rather see a two-headed dog than no head. Probably no head. Yeah. Just At least a two-headed dog exists. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit of a mutant, but yeah. Drew yeah. Dean also claimed, which is the slave, claimed that uh, he saw it turn into a mule and had been attacked several times by the witch. Um, at the time, he then started carrying an axe and a witch ball, which uh, his wife had made for a protection from the witch's influence. Then it just goes into more of like how uh, Betsy and John seemed to be the ones that got abused the most. In that, I don't like. I don't know how much of a legend it could be, or if it's really just someone using the witch as a scapegoat for their misdeeds. Like if it did end up being yeah the wife for whatever reason, I don't know. She was. Her husband cheated on her, maybe somehow, and um, she got pissed at him, so she just started attacking people. But then maybe her daughter caught her, and she's like, "Now nah, I gotta torment my daughter." I think, from what I remember, because it was last podcast on the left okay. that uh, did the episode that I heard, mm-hmm. and it was something about the dad being an alcoholic and kind of abusive. I think it started with the the daughter. Mm-hmm playing pranks and then it turned into the mother joining in and that's why the shitty behavior shifted and then uh the reason why it came after betsy in the end was because they didn't like the fiance or something like that so they were tormenting him to try to get rid of the fiance because i think he was much older and she was still like a teenager too young or something yeah well if the timeline was right. Most of those kids were mid to late teens and early 20s because the oldest would have just been getting into their 30s. Right. And she was like the middle child. So mm-hmm. she had to have been low 20s, upper tw- upper teens maybe. Okay. And that's only if they had them like in like a consecutive order. Right. It didn't mention any twins and it didn't mention how big of a gap there was between the kids. Right. Hmm. So That's an interesting one. I do remember that though. And then there was also... I remember hearing different variations of it, but I feel like other variations I heard were a little more, like, crazy. Yeah. But the bait, like, of I read three different articles, Wikipedia, and then one that was just historical, and then one that was, like, excerpts from the book that was written. Mm-hmm. Not all of them were basically, like, the bare minimum of detail, so... Had I probably researched more than, uh, two days. I didn't even go crazy with my research. I remembered it was kind of like a fever dream kind of feeling. I lo- I originally looked into this tunnel 
uh, up in Fairview, New Jersey, actually. Let's go. It's an abandoned train tunnel. I'm pretty sure it's condemned because it floods. Damn. Yeah. Let's go. I also wouldn't want to go in there. I want to take pictures. Pictures would be fun. I don't know if I would actually go inside of it, though. Oh, no. I wouldn't go inside. Um, I'm not a crave explorer. But reading the... It's just a tunnel mm-hmm. that um, this factory used to use to transport stuff to New York and other places up in North Jersey. Dead bodies. I would hope not. There was... You know, the mafia did. Probably. There was um, some talk of... Like, scary stories, and then the article ends up going... I think it was on Weird New Jersey. The article went into a guy that actually uh, went when he was 12, went when they took out the tracks, and then I think went one more time after that with, like, a surveyor team. Okay. And he's like, there was never a little girl that got hit. The train used to crawl through the tunnel. It never went, like, top speed because the tracks usually were flooded, so the the train never moved fast enough to be able to decimate a little girl. Okay, is like there a little girl like haunting it? Is that what they're claiming? That's that was one of the stories. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But then the guy at the end was like, "None of this is true. It's just an old you know train route that got the tracks taken out. So now there's just like a decommissioned tunnel up in Fairview. Oh, there's cool. a cemetery built on top of it. Oh, that's that was that was bad. the creepy part. There's a cemetery above it. Okay. Yeah, they put and all I can imagine was, like, all spots. the legs. I, I could just imagine all the legs hanging from the ceiling. Oh, jeez. Obviously not anytime soon, but... Cemetery, actually. I was originally going to do mm-hmm. um, a haunted playground out in Alabama, but I couldn't really find oh, much yeah, on yeah. it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I couldn't find really anything on it except, like, Two paragraphs worth of information. And I was just like, okay, cool. That's not enough. Because, like, the That's whole how scary... I felt with Davy Jones. Yeah. Like, the whole scary part was just like, oh, uh, a lot of kids back during the Spanish flu died. And they were buried in the cemetery that is, like, the playground was basically built in. Because, like... Right. So now playground it's a... cemetery. Like... Probably haunted by the kids. So people weren't scared uh, because of the cemetery. They were scared because they claimed they would see all the kids playing on the playground. But they weren't there. And I was like, oh, okay. Huh. But that was it. That was all that I had. And I was like, okay, cool. I guess this is something you have <laughs> to experience rather than read about. Yeah, that's when you have to get like five or six cemetery stories together. Which is kind of what I did with these caves. That works. Because uh, from the tunnel, I remembered a story. I don't remember the story I heard it from. But I remembered mm-hmm. them talking about a cave in Vietnam. Yes. And I think I think it was like Reddit scary stories, but it's okay. it's like the world's largest cave. Okay. And if you look it up, it is the prettiest, most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. Like Perfect. the caves and cliffs update for Minecraft, that's what this cave looks like. Uh, Just absolutely massive inside of it. You tell me what my Minecraft is if I know. I I'm saying it for the the listeners. I know, I know you kidding. don't know. I know, I'm kidding. The name of the cave is Hang Sung Jong, and that is my terrible Vietnamese pronunciation, and that's the only time I'll say it. It is considered to be the largest cave in the world based on volume and also the biggest cave in Vietnam, found by Ho Con, a a Phong Nya, Jungle Man in 1990. In 2009, uh, the Hong Cave was officially surveyed and measured by the British and Vietnam Cave Expedition Team, led by Howard Limbert. The expedition team then announced... What's that? I'm looking at pictures. Oh, yeah, no, it's it fucking beautiful. It think of... Oh, fuck, what was it called? Um, You know X-Men, right? The Savage yes. Lands. Like, they travel up to some place, like, in the freaking <clears throat> North Pole, where yeah. it's, like, all ice, 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 and then you have, like, this beautiful, like, landscape, like, in the middle. Yeah. Like, and I was like, that's what picture pops in my head when I saw the cave, and I just Googled image of it. Image of yeah, it. and if you look at, um, I think National Geographic's website actually mm-hmm. has, like, a 3D tour where you can, like, walk... Ooh 
from point like Google Maps style. You could walk yeah. through the cave and That's actually cool. look up and look around. And there's a spot. That'll be the closest I get to it because I will not be going there anytime soon. Neither. No. Uh-uh. No. Planes and boats are not my thing. Planes I'll take. Boats I'm still scared of. I'm stuck with cars. But there was a spot in the caves where it's open to the sky. Yeah, I saw. There's two There's Pretty. two of them. And there's a, basically a jungle inside of this cave. That's why I'm like, it is it is the cave and cliff update from Minecraft. It's yeah, They're, it's they're huge. Why can't we have things like this over here? Maybe not as big, but... Like, I mean, we have the Grand Canyon. I've never been to the Grand Canyon. I plan on doing some kind of road trip eventually. I'll probably wait until... Um, Baby we have all of the bubs. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll wait until we finish the bubs so we don't have to do everything twice. Okay. So the expedition team then announced it what it as the world's largest natural cave with a volume of thirty eight point five million meters cubed, which I'm assuming is what M three means. Meters, I think it meant. It just says M three. So cubic meters. Probably cubic meter, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how that's pronounced. Yeah, but it's not you don't put it as M three. Danny's sighing at me. In my oh, math class we did. I don't remember high school. It was I almost do. two decades ago. Shh, we're not that old. Stop it. We getting there. Stop it. I don't remember shit from high school. I remember that wasn't even high school. That was freaking middle school. I remember doing that shit when we had to do like. Oh, then I sure as shit don't remember that far back. When we started learning squared stuff, my teacher taught us cubed. I know what I know what cubed looks like. That's why I said meters cubed because it's M three. Cubic meters is how you pronounce it. I I get that now. Anyway, the measurements were then accepted by a number. We've already established neither of us are good at math anymore. The measurements were then accepted by a number of world's senior world's senior karst geologists, including Dr. Tony Waltman Waltham. This team, along with National Geographic magazine, had announced the Sun's Cave as the largest natural limestone cave on the planet in the same year. In twenty thirteen, the Guinness World Records Organization Recorded it as the world's largest natural cave. Many people mistook Sun's Cave, the long largest cave in the world, with Mammoth Cave, the longest cave system in the world. That's located in Mammoth Cave National Park, an American national park in west central Kentucky. Oh, so we do have a big ass cave. You were talking about. Uh, I was talking about the cave systems in Iowa that are connected oh. with like trails and stuff. Yeah. Uh, what is this forest? <laughs> basically, uh, that song, Jong, the largest. It looks like Dong, and I'm trying really hard not to just say the Dong Cave, and I'm. <laughs> it's very difficult. Jong, <laughs> the largest cave passage. However, this article will clarify the misunderstanding as well as give you a better acknowledgement of the cave and its exploration, which I'm not going to go too terribly into the cave system. I found it absolutely fascinating, and there's a whole website. I will put the link in the description if you guys want to read up on it and look at the pictures and stuff. Um, but the different sections of the cave is the Hope and Vision Passage, which is the main, like, beautiful entrance. It's just a slight slope down. There's an underground river, a fossil passage, the Doline One, which is where they said watch out for dinosaurs because it looks like just a snippet of where the dinosaurs used to live. Hmm. Um, Doline Two, the Garden of Edom. The Savage Lands. So the Doline 2 is the Garden of Edom. That's the one that looks like a whole-ass jungle, just like right in the middle. And those two are both open to the sky, so you actually get like direct sunlight and grass and shit. That's probably why Um, there's grass and shit. Probably, yes. Uh, And then you have the Cave Pearls, which are... uh, These were kind of cool looking. They're like little ripples in the floor. 
Um, they're formed from drips of water from the ceiling that carries calcite carbonate rippling down to the gower pools on the floor of the cave. They come in different sizes and shapes, from as small as peas to as big as baseballs. The sun cave pearls are naturally formed inside the gower pool and look gorgeous under the headlamps, especially on rainy days when the water is running through them. The cave pearls are just ordinary calcium carbonate deposits that have no value. They will be discolored and plain when they're taken out or left under direct sunlight, as they will very rapidly dry out. And then they have a link you can click on to learn more about cave pearls. But, like, I never knew that about caves and things that can form in caves. So, I just thought they were real cool looking. They look like little, um, almost like the underside of shelf mushrooms, but with, like, a handful of pebbles in there. And, like, nobody put them there. They just showed up and started doing that. Oh, and then there's also a 600-meter lake below the Great Wall of Vietnam. This is where the expedition team first approached the area. All of the water in the lake had drained out, leaving a hip-deep, muddy passage. The members of the expedition team had to work really hard to go across the 600-meter muddy passage. It somehow reminded them of the movie about the Battle of... Passacendale in World War One. The team decided to use the name to name this long and difficult passage. In many other months of the year, and when it rains a lot, the water will fill up the passage and form a big, beautiful jade green lake. During the occasions when the lake is full of water, tourists will use rafts or boats to go through the lake. I'm not going to say the name again because I already butchered it once. Uh, and then... Passacendale. Thank you. I just looked at the pronunciation. I appreciate you. Uh, and then there's the Great Wall of Vietnam. So in the original exploration of the cave and when the surveyors went through there, they physically could not get up this wall because they were not expecting a massive limestone wall. So they actually had to leave and come back and they ended up naming it the Wall of Vietnam, the Great Wall of Vietnam, just as just for the sheer like massiveness of the wall. Uh, I'm sorry, not limestone. It was a giant calcite flowstone blocking all the ways out. They decided to return due to the lack of specialized equipment, so they weren't able to climb it the first time. Mm. But yeah, it's freaking beautiful. And they didn't start exploring this till like when we were born. Yeah, no, this is very recent. And then I think how did no one notice this? It's out in Vietnam in the jungle. Yeah, people live out there. I mean, locals live out there, but, like, they may be exploring Yeah, they're not sitting there on the internet going, hey, I got a big-ass cave. You want to come look at it? Well, no, I don't mean that. I mean, like, you think local, like, it would have been known around locals and then people would hear... hear You know, they probably knew of it, but they probably, like, it it didn't gain national attention until recently, but I guarantee you there's other people that have gone through there. Yeah, yeah. This website keeps trying to message me. Why? (laughs) There, oh, there's like a guide so you can book a tour, but it's like six grand. I know, oh, I'm sorry. It's three grand for six days and five nights. But I imagine you still have to get there. But Which yeah. is expensive. In certain parts of the cave, you can fit, I believe it's the Empire State Building. Let's see. Perhaps. There's a. I already closed it, so I can't even verify. <laughs> yes, the Empire State Building could potentially fit inside of parts of the cave. It's so it it's breathtaking. So this cave uh, sparked yes. a memory um, about just like creepy shit that's happened in caves. I'm pretty sure it was like a creepy pasta or some kind of story that referenced that cave. Me. There's also the devil creature of the cave. Um, a photograph. In 2015, a video on YouTube claimed to have a picture of a mysterious creature captured by one of the cave's visitors. The visitor captured the photo in 1992 and described the creature as having the body of a man but the face and skin of a reptile. And that's all I have on that. I didn't actually watch the video for it because I was like, oh, weird cryptid that could live in the cave. Interesting. Interesting. 
I wonder, well, oh, I got rid of the list of cryptids. I was going to do a, <laughs> potentially do a cryptid this week, but I was just like, hmm. That's going to take a lot of dwelling into, especially because some yeah. of them are a little uh, sensitive topics. Well, and you also got to watch out for, um, like, the creepypastas and the fake stories. Well, yeah. If I found out it was a fake story, though, I preference that at the beginning. To add into something creepy, um, I looked up Reddit caving stories, and I found a thread of a... uh, He's uh, not an experienced caver and a mildly experienced writer asking cavers for stories of what they were scared of inside caves. Okay. And so... Just to briefly read a couple of these, I actually got heebie-jeebies by one of them. Uh, If you have arachnophobia, this is your warning. We know someone with that. Also, small spaces. I don't know if I know anyone with that. I don't enjoy them. I, I get, like, stressed about small... Like, if I have to, like, hands and knees belly crawl, not doing it. I don't like being confined... But that's in a different sense. Restrained. But yeah. Uh, well, confined, I feel like, is more of a box. Restrained is, like, pinned to a wall. Or, like, people... Uh, confined falls into where I, what I'm talking about, though. Like, that's it doesn't fair. have to be bound. Oh, gotcha, If gotcha. I am out of, my, out of control of my movement, I don't like it. That's fair. So, the first story... The user's name's there, but I don't want to read it out just in case. But if you wanted to find these on Reddit, they're public um it says i've told this one before but i'll add a bit more detail i went to makwo makoketa caves in iowa with two friends one particular small cave we decided to explore started with a narrow 15 meter belly crawl at the opening a lot of cobwebs blocked the entrance but they seemed to clear up after a few feet I was the most experienced caver, so I went first and did the belly crawl pretty quickly. I came out in a small domed room. I almost said doomed. (laughs) Doomed. Doomed. It might have been. A small domed room about 1.5 meters tall and about 4 meters across. I had some time before my friends made it, so I was describing the room to them. I looked up at the ceiling and gasped a bit. I'm not afraid of spiders, but the sheer volume of them caught me off guard. It must have been a minimum of a thousand, probably more like 1,500, all hanging from the ceiling with egg sacs all around them. I was like, how are you just standing in this room? How have you not, like, Uh, boogied out of there? Belly crawl and back out, but I got that back up, go backwards. I just, uh, the second, like, the ceiling's covered in spiders, and he's just like, oh, yeah, they're like, one, two. (laughs) Yeah, and as soon as I hit the cobwebs in there, I'd have been like, "Eh, I'm done. (laughs) So he continues. I had, wait, no, wait, I'm sorry, to pause. (laughs) I went to the bathroom uh, yesterday, no, this morning, actually, I think it was. And I was just sitting there, like, do-do-do-do-do, and I just kept seeing something out of the corner of my eye, and I was like, the hell is that looking oh i don't see anything i was like okay cool so i would see it again i'm like the fuck's going on am i going crazy like there's something and i noticed tiny little spider crawling right here hanging from my hair and i'm like nope i swipe i don't know where it went i just with the smack almost smacked my phone out of my hand I was reading while I I actually had um, a bin that got brought in with lighting equipment that had been stored outside, Mm-mm. and I the bins were empty, so I yeah. threw them on my back to go put them in storage for the show. E- and I get to the closet, and I put the bin down, and I go, "Oh, that's an egg sack. That's a hatched egg sack. That's a hatched on me egg sack." ripped my shirt off and immediately started just flailing because I had baby spiders all over me. Oh, gross. Yeah, Yeah, I don't even care who sees me in my bra. I know. I had one time where uh, we have a typewriter downstairs, like one of those ones that are in the case, like you could carry it around like a briefcase kind of thing. Portable. Yes. 
So we have one of those, and I used to play with it all the time as a kid. Because what else am I going to do with it? I, we didn't have the ink ribbon, and we didn't have the like, I didn't have anything to make it actually work. It had like a little bit of ink on it, but I would sit there and play with it. And then I remember mm-hmm. one day I went to I opened it to go play with it. There was a spider in it, and I was like, Phew. I've never opened that thing again. I'm sure that spider is long since dead, but I've never opened that thing again. It's still downstairs. We used to, in, in Stanhope, where uh, the town that I grew up in when I was little, we had like a crawl space ba- basement. It had a dirt floor. So like you didn't go in there. It was very much like a cellar. And it had like a wooden latch door. Like nothing was kept in this basement. We might have okay. had like a bike or like the shovels for winter in the basement. Okay. We, yeah, did, yeah. we did not go in there. Well... I vividly remember having nightmares mm. about giant, like, full body size spiders in this basement. Then I find out years We're later from my mom, we had wolf spiders that lived down there that get pretty fucking big. We're not in Australia. They don't get so that big. So we did have, if they do in the woods when they're left alone, spiders. <laughs> Uh, what is it? Wolf spiders get pretty fucking big. <laughs> Clicking for more research. <laughs> I've never seen a wolf spider get that big. Yeah, no, they. I don't think they get like person size big, but they can get like probably as big as your head. <laughs> and the worst part is, wolf spiders don't hunt. That's my. That's hand size. They don't hunt with webs. They just Wait, chase down their prey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So you won't know if a wolf spider's in your house because they don't make webs. I don't like this world. <laughs> Can we eradicate the wo- the spiders? No, because they eat other bugs. Little frogs. I'll keep the frogs. I appreciate spiders. I appreciate spiders and what they do. I don't appreciate them in my house. How about this? We keep the little ones that don't bite people. Maybe, but the wolf spiders and bigger spiders eat other, like pests that you also don't want to deal with. I don't want to deal with bugs. But we need bugs for the froggies. You're going to get more creepy crawlies because the story is not over. <clears throat> he calls to his friends. Hey guys, there's a lot of spiders hanging from the ceiling. Don't stand up when you get in here. As in like they're still going to come in there. I'm, no, my I'm friends my friends were a little more wary of spiders and were asking questions about them. How big are they? What color are they? Are they furry? I said, they're not that big. They kind of look like black widows, but they're not. They're the wrong color. They're brown. The legs look a little lighter than the bodies. My friend, a Wisconsin DNR warden, yelled, Really? Do they have a small pattern on their back? Sort of like a violin? No. Yes. By the time my friends were about caught up with me, my friend, the DNR warden, burst into the room, looked up, shuddered a bit, and then forced himself to look at one of the spiders up close. The color in his face drained out, and he screamed, Get out! Everyone get out of the cave! He didn't say any more as he was- They were wolf spiders. Uh-uh. Back of brown recluse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He didn't say anything, and it only took it took about twenty minutes to get into the room, and it only took about three minutes for everybody to get all the way out. When we finally got out, the other two of us were confused. The warden friend said, "Um, those were brown recluse spiders, some of the more poisonous spiders in North America. We were in their lair." When they bite you, you go through excruciating pain for a few days skin necrosis, and then possibly die. We didn't go in any more caves with cobwebs in them for the rest of that trip. They live in fucking caves, and there's thousands of them. This is why I don't go in caves. This is why I don't like nature. Like, I love nature, but I hate nature. It's just fucking scary. I, like, I wanted pictures, but also that that thought of like standing up and then all of a sudden there's something fuzzy in your head and you go what the fuck it would bite you you're now covered in spiders yeah you would go to swipe it away and it just be you'd be in their den and they'd be protecting their babies and they would probably all start biting you it is amazing they came out alive so needless to say that one was the top post in that thread 
Um, Reasons why Rogue stays inside. Somebody commented, holy shit, you win. I saw a brown recluse bite nearly rot the arm off of a kid I knew in the dorms. He got about caving, actually, and by the Monday after the bite, which happened on a Saturday, there was a strip of skin and muscle on his arm that went nearly from elbow to wrist that had been had to be removed, according to him. The doctor said that if he hadn't come in when he did, he would have lost his arm and that it could have killed him in another 72 hours. I didn't like spiders before, but after that, I'm scared shitless of them. I'm a little keyed up from just reading that. That would be a nightmare scenario for me. Somebody else just wrote, I puked in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, needless to say, that was my favorite story. There was another one about when they were about 10 years old. They went caving. Just dad decided to take the boys into a cave with a couple of flashlights They ended up in a circular room with a very easily missed exit, and after about four hours of singing Row, Row, Row Your Boat, finally started shouting for help. Luckily, they were found quickly, so he said he's since become an experienced caver and have been in the exact cave many, many times. It's interesting to go through that little room now and remember how dangerous the relatively innocuous room once was. It never fails to amaze me how quickly innocent mistakes can turn into deadly errors in caves. That particular cave has been the most frequently called out rescue site in our immediate area for years. I think I could guess where most people are found. (laughs) That's why I don't go cave exploring. I have no sense of direction as is. They're so beautiful and I've been in a couple of them like like touristy caves. I've never gone like spelunking or anything. I don't think I ever will. But I... I get lost in video game caves. I was going to say, just playing (laughs) games like Forest and Minecraft and shit. Like, I get so stressed when I'm underground for too long. I couldn't imagine doing that in person. No. I get lost with a GPS. This one actually, this one reminded me of the forest. Uh, I was diving through a sump in a cave, which I think is the underwater. Yeah. Huh? I said there's mutants? A sump? No. (laughs) Okay. Diving through, a, <laughs> diving through a sump in a cave, maybe three feet long by two feet deep. Uh, but they had never done anything I like it before. A, I found a hall of legs. <laughs> That's a forest reference. I'm sorry. One of the guys in my crew. <laughs> one of the guys in my crew set up a line that went from one side to the other of the sump. So that when we went, we could pull on the rope to the other side and let them know that we made it. The water was freezing cold. Getting it up to my neck put me into instant hypothermia mode. My breathing got really shallow and quick and my heart rate accelerated. When I put my head underwater, everything slowed down. I used the rope over top, hand over hand, to pull myself through, but it felt like hours. As I got close to the end, I felt a snag. My cave suit got caught on a rock underwater, but I didn't have enough energy to panic. I just felt a hand on my helmet. Then it grabbed me and it pulled me out of the water, ripping the cave suit, but potentially saving my life. I have not been in an underwater cave since then. And it just reminds me of all the, like, the dives that you do when you get the equipment in the forest caves. I can't. That gives me stress. Oh, but that's why you put big head on. Yeah, I purposely leave the big head. <laughs> well, the big head, big head mode doesn't save me from the cave stress. No, but at least the in this one, the rebreather seems to last longer and is better in Forest Two, because in the first yeah. one, it was always like I would get so stressed out in the caves because if I get turned around very easily, I get stuck in the water area and then I die because I ran out of air. It's like dang it, right. Because if you go to check your inventory, that's just longer time underwater. I don't know if you can check your inventory underwater. I would imagine probably not, because you, like, lay out a whole tarp, and you wouldn't be able to do that underwater. All your shit would just float away. Even in the first one, I don't know if you could. But yeah, uh, yeah. Well, the first one was literally just a tarp. Okay, last couple stories. That's true. Here's mine. 
A lesson in double-checking the radar before going below. My roommate and I were doing a cave that we had been in and out of many times. We had been in about five hours when we decided it was time to head topside and make dinner. Where we were was an underground stream, maybe ankle-deep. Three levels down, around 200 feet plus underground, we were working our way back through the stream when we passed a small waterfall about three feet high. Nothing spectacular, just didn't see that coming through. About ten minutes later, there was a sound like an airplane turning on a runway. It was loud enough we were yelling at one another. Then we round a bend and see it. The chamber is about 30 feet high and 20 by 20 across and has now become one big-ass flowing waterfall. Oh, shit, said in quick. We had to move it by the time we made it to where our ropes were set for the climb up. The water that was now ankle-deep was nearing chest height. So they were almost, like, fully submerged in water at this point. I would drown. <laughs> No, you can still walk. I'm sure. Well, depending on most likely, <laughs> and I can't swim. You'd just be bouncing. I'd be jumping like, oh, uh, please. I'd put you on my shoulders. <laughs> uh, upon arriving, you. <laughs> upon arriving to our rope, we discovered it was just a mass of flowing water that we had to climb. Being an experienced climber and someone who has caved for a while, that 40-foot climb was one of the most difficult I had ever done. After that, still being pretty underground, pretty deep underground, we were able to relax because that was the end of the water flow. I admit something bad could have happened that day. Now I chalk it up as a lesson learned. Even if you aren't going to be out in it, check the weather because rainwater always flows down. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I check the weather and for days I don't even plan on going outside. Right? <laughs> I don't check the weather nearly as often as I should. And that's why I'm constantly giving you weather updates. of like, yes, this day, like, when we have board games, it's going to be beautiful out. We should open the windows. Yeah. I need reminders. We'll go for a walk in the daytime. I used to be able to ask Vector what the weather was, and now I have to, like, specifically ask about what town I'm in. So weird. He, I think he got an update because 2.0 is coming out, so they made him uh, a little dumber. So I was going to also mention the um, the story that you brought up because you had asked me about the cave that if this was the yes. cave that the 12 kids got stuck in, but that's actually in yes. Thailand. Um, but I didn't get a chance to read ahead on that one, so I will definitely save that one for another date. No problemo. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that is... Um, that is my fun caving stories. I always love the idea of... Fuck spiders! Yeah, no, fuck spiders. I always love the idea of going into caves and, like, exploring and finding new things. That's probably why I take so long in the forest caves, because I'm like, I just want to look at everything. It's so cool. But That's then... probably also, like, me with the... The mutants start screeching. Actual forests. And stuff. Like, yeah. I like being able to go out mm. and adventure and find things that are pretty to take pictures of. But then bugs. Yeah. Bugs are not fun. Bugs. And bug spray doesn't work. Not always, no. You need like a I full tried. body net. I will find a full body net. Just cover yourself in like the band-aid second skin so this way they can't actually bite you. Just get like a, a bee suit. Get you a space suit. Get me a bee suit. Oh, a bee suit would work. That'd be very sweaty, though. I'd be drenched. By the time I get to the end, I'll be like, okay, time to go home. <laughs> I'm full of water now. Better do the um, tape technique at the where, like, you wear long sleeves and you put tape around your wrist and you tuck your pants in your socks and wrap tape around that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did that for Girl Scouts. So, like, they can't get under your mm -hmm. clothes. They still find yeah, a way, though. I, they can't, they're not supposed to get in your clothes. Not supposed to. You would also have to, I think, wrap your waist then, like where your shirt and your pants meet. So that's, that's where I failed to uh, tuck in my shirt because I had my pants tucked and then my socks pulled up. So there was like yeah. two layers of not being able to get into my shoes. I didn't yeah. have gloves. 
And I think at that point I had already taken off my hoodie because we basically, our Girl Scout troop got lost in the woods for like several hours. We went in the middle of the day. Ah, that happened to me once, but I was by we myself. We might have been in the, oh, okay. I was going to say, were we in the same group? We were not in the same troop at all. I was in Girl Scouts so when I was little. But anyway, thank you for joining us for our tales. Mm-hmm. If you want to hear more from us or, I don't know, send your story ideas, feel free to email us, creepycutiespod at gmail.com, or you can even hit us up at Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Shit, if you know us personally, you can shoot us a message however you want to. I have a thing. I remember getting a text message. I got to look into that. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So if, um... I had a family member who said he would be interviewed... He wouldn't mm. go on the podcast, but he would interview. So I'm going to get some creepy stories at him. Perfect. Mm-hmm. If it's who I'm thinking it is, I know they'll be creepy. Very. Okay. It is who I think it is then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Give us some feedback. Remember to rate and review. Follow us. I thought that's what I thought you were going to do. That's a creepy. Oh, the right. clippy. Have a creepy time. Good night. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to our tales. We hope to have satisfied that creepy itch. Follow us on your favorite podcast app and look out for us on socials at Creepy Cuties Pod. No spaces. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Just look for the voodoos. Farewell. Goodbye. We're not going to see the Muffin Man.